It's dang Goobin! I don't know if I said anything there or not. I think you, you said, it is the Goobin. <laughs> 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 it is the Goobin! To Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 166, and I am your host, Matt. And I'm your host, Scott. And I'm not your host, Ash. I'm just here. And uh, we are, I'm not reading the German intro, but we're here to <laughs> hang out today and we're going to talk some uh, Gamescom, right? We are. We didn't go to Gamescom because it's far away. It's very and, far. Um, and they don't pay us enough to go. Apparently, However, we wait. Who's they? <laughs> People get paid for this. I don't know who pays them, but they get paid, and we are not the people that get paid to cover this stuff. So we're not getting paid. So we're not going. Apparently, had you gone, you know, there would have been two hundred thousand other people to contend with in the yeah, space. No. Yeah, so you've told huge. me. No, I heard it's actually more than that this year. I heard it's like almost almost 300,000 people. How is that even possible? Where do you put all these know. people? How big is I, the space? I have no idea. I've seen photos and it looks like um, Comic-Con like plus. It's ridiculous. Like If you look at the Comic-Con floor and then just multiply it times infinity, that's kind of Gamescom. And it's like shoulder to shoulder. Just like, you know, I, I, I heard it's people from like 33 different countries actually go to this so it's sort of a big deal i guess if that's the only game in town everyone's going to go to it but it just doesn't seem like it's completely worth it if it's that busy that is yeah i mean we'll talk about the lines and everything we've been reading about um when we when we get into the nuts and bolts of the show but yeah gamescom's going on we do have a, a ton of news to talk about so it should be pretty exciting let's do the rundown so like you said we're going to talk about gamescom in some of the news that has come out of that, there have also... So that includes a bunch of um, announcements about games that we already know about, as well as announcements about games we don't know about. So we'll talk about that kind of stuff. And then in our reviews, we're going to talk about Bros, which I'm really excited to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about EA Access, which is the new sort of subscription program that has come oh matt's going to talk about it as well so that's a new subscription program that has come to the xbox one uh with ea and then if we have the time we will talk about snowpiercer which is a film that looks about pretty inuits who open a piercing company oh okay in north alaska it's fascinating so we'll it's like a that. it's a rom-com snowdrom <laughs> snowdrom <laughs> And Can that uh, please be the tagline. <laughs> Snowdrum, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, yeah. So oh, if uh, if there's time, and I feel like there will be, we're going to talk about that. And then in our Noquata this week, we ask, what is the best game that you've ever played with friends? Tabletop counts as well. Let us know. I already have an answer for this question. I think it's a great question. Is that Ash? Was that your question? That was me, kind of 11th hour. When I thought we were recording yesterday, I fired it off at about five minutes before we recorded and we got a lot of responses so thank you guys for being awesome sweet that was a good one i, I know I, what scott's guess answer is you well let, let's see if you can guess it we'll spin see the if, bottles his answer we'll see if you can get it at the end of the podcast there you go okay 
So this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in every genre, thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, and more. Uh, and you can uh, listen to it on any device, iPhone, Kindle, Android, not any. I'm sure there are devices that you cannot listen to it on, like uh, what's a good device you can't listen to things on? Like those original Nokia phones, the ones Yeah, that you know, maybe the, those, or a Walkman. Phones. I mean, maybe maybe in a Walkman, you couldn't. Yeah, I guess you couldn't. Okay. You can't listen to <laughs> it on your printer. Maybe like they'll mail you cassette tapes. Will they, will they do that? I don't oh, think so. Think oh, so maybe, possibly. I still have a Walkman. Do you really? Yeah, you and just, Melissa's mom. You're just sitting in like a now. bucket of stuff somewhere in the house. So they, uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> you were doing something. You can go get a free audiobook if you go to uh, www.audibletrial.com slash rated NA. That's audibletrial.com slash rated NA. And you'll get a free audiobook when you sign up and you help out the podcast. So head on over and do that and uh, get some listening going. And we could use your help because they don't pay us. They don't pay us enough to go <laughs> they, to Germany. They don't pay us. <laughs> Although from the sound of it, I don't think I'd want to go. <laughs> just saying. Uh, Scott, what have you been up to? All right, so there's there's a lot, and uh, I guess the thing that I'll start with that's not on this list is that um, I'll start with the sort of the quasi nerdy stuff, which is fantasy football, and the uh, NFL preseason has started. We've gone through two weeks of preseason, which means that it's time for fantasy football again, and the fantasy football drafts are already starting. And I'm really excited about that. How many mock drafts have you done? <clears throat> I've done like one. Ah. So I'm a little nervous. I'm not fully prepared. But I'm I will really be. Proud of, I'm really proud of my team name this year. Yeah, well, I saw what it was. What was it? Uh, it's Johnny Five Ball. Johnny Five Ball? Yeah. And, uh, it's a, an ode to Johnny Manziel, but I put Johnny Five with a Browns cap on as my, <laughs> as my icon. So I That's got great. robots and I got to make fun of Johnny Manziel. It's like my two favorite things. Yeah, like I remember your team name in the past was Too Much Tebow. So you too kinda... Much Tebow, because he kept following me around. I moved to New York, and Tebow came to New York. <laughs> it was no good. Yeah, then, you should. Uh, I mean, you're kind of in this uh, zone of picking the over super overhyped people and then yeah. making fun of them. I, I might change my team name as well this year, but I can't figure out what to do. But um, as in the gaming world, I have been going through a complete playthrough of Dragon Age Origins, and I, I think I told you guys about this where I'm playing on steam and I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get like a, a complete playthrough together because I don't think that I ever played any of the DLC outside of the original origins campaign because I played the game when it first came out and never really picked it up after. So, um, I'm trying to get a bunch of data together for the future, you know, for dragon yeah. age inquisition, yeah. but like steam says that I've played 21 hours already and I feel like I've done nothing. <laughs> You know, the game is is huge. It's I basically played the in-game DLC pieces, and then I've gone to um, Redcliffe, and I've gone to the Mage Tower, and I did the fade, and I still hate the fade. Like, I'm sorry. Oh like, yeah, no, I hate the fade. Too. I certainly had an easier time <laughs> of it this time around, but I still, it's still like f- kind of frustrating to go through. But that being said, yeah. having a great time. Um, my earlier suspicions were correct. And I, in my opinion, I feel like this game is much easier to play on PC because of mouse and keyboard and all of the, uh, micromanaging that you have to do in Dragon Age Origins. So I'm having like a great time with that. Um, I've been playing Madden football because of EA access. So maybe I'll talk about that later in EA access. Um, I've been playing Mario golf as sort of my mobile quote unquote mobile game when I'm just sitting around and that's still a ton of fun. I think it's probably one of 
you know, one of the top games on the 3DS that you can get currently. Just because it's, you know, it's like we said last week, it's Mario Golf. It's Mario Golf. It is still a lot of fun. <laughs> Garf. What is Mario Garf? Can we make up a game know, for Mario like Garf? Uh, I would play that. It's like an eating sim or something. We're recording like a solid two hours earlier than we usually do, so this should be pretty yeah. great. Pretty yeah, early. I stayed up late last night too, so I I apologize. Wait, if I... what's late? One. Oh, ooh, yeah. Into the morning. Yeah, that's how I got to my twenty-first hour of Dragon Nicely Age Origins. Done. Otherwise, nice. it would have just been twenty. But I had to finish uh, Return to Ostagar, which I actually I don't even know that I played that last time because it felt pretty new when I played it. It's really good. Yeah, that was great. You know, it's yeah. really good not to derail this and talk about Dragon Age forever. Sure. But um, well, we're not talking about can... Dragon Age otherwise in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. But you know how you can get Logan in your party if you do a whole bunch of like weird shit yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah. you can so you can actually get Logan in your party and then do return to ostagar uh-huh so then it's crazy because the dialogue that pops up is is was wild because he's obviously yeah spoiler alert you know the reason why shit goes down in ostagar so seeing his opinion of why he did a lot of the things he did is great and i think a lot of people don't ever do that because who fuck chooses to have Logan in your party and yeah. then goes and, and does that DLC. So it's cool that they actually made it possible to do that. Yeah. So that's anyway. really fascinating how all the YouTube dialogue, it. how the dialogue works together, especially I'm always impressed when things are added to the game after the game comes out, but then the dialogue still works in other parts of the game. So like you could have, I don't know, like you can do something weird, like have shale in your party and then go to red cliff. And then somehow there's still dialogue that makes that has that make sense as if it's always right. been there, you know? Yeah. I well, think yeah, shale was always there, around. But... Well, I think they said this time around, they're not doing DLC party members because it is too huge of an undertaking. Kind of like, they have to like bring in, you know, people to record audio and it's just like, no way. It's just not worth it. So plus, I mean, if it comes out too late, it's like, it's too late, you know? Like, if Shale had come out in the game, you know, weeks after yeah, the game was yeah, released yeah. and not, like, as a sort of a buy-it-on-the-first-day kind of character, that would have been super awkward, you know? So the last thing I'll say about Dragon Age uh, that might be of interest to our listeners is what I'm playing as. So I'm this time I decided to play as a city elf, um, as a warrior, and I'm going to focus on the two-handed fighting style just because I've never really... I'm not the I'm not the type to play... Uh, RPGs sort of as the warrior class. I usually play as a rogue or a mage. So I just wanted to see what it would be like just to run around and slap things really hard, push people down, <laughs> hit them with the big sword. It's actually kind of thing. fun. It's a really fun in Dragon Age Origins. That's a really cool build. Yeah, I just thought I'd give it a shot. And I'm I'm kind of I decided that I'm going to sort of play the game as like Geralt from The Witcher. So I gave um, I have a two handed sword as my main weapon, and then my secondary weapon is two swords. Which oh, I cool. used to kill Darkspawn with, so that's kind of like the build that I'm going for. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I'm trying something a little, a little different from what I would normally play. And then, um, wife and I are still watching Battlestar Galactica, which we are enjoying. She's really enjoying that; it's first time for her. And then, um, I just want to say a couple of words about Xbox Fitness. They've been adding a bunch of routines to Xbox Fitness lately that are actually. Uh, exclusive to Xbox Fitness. So when the service launched originally, it was just kind of like workout DVDs that were tooled up to work with the Kinect. And now they're actually making exclusive content. So there was like um, a workout with JJ Watt of the Houston, Texas, which is uh, Gatorade sponsored. There was a couple of workouts in that series. And then they recently added 
like a series with Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks um, as part of like a different workout series, which is really cool. It's just cool that that service is still being supported. And it's nice to see that. I know that, you know, sort of in the blogosphere, there's sort of this general impression that the connect is dead or it's like, you know, why would anyone want to connect other than to like broadcast on Twitch, you know, same for, for PlayStation. But like, I think this is an example of why you would, it's something that differentiates the two machines. You know, it's like, for me personally, this is why I bought an Xbox because I wanted to do things like Xbox fitness and I want to play things like dance central. So it's just cool that there is still support for this. And I feel like over time, you know, I think it's important to get Xbox machines into people's hands and then let them discover the connect on their own and decide if they want to get it sort of like what PlayStation is doing. But, um, I'm really stoked on Xbox fitness. And I, I would think that if anyone out there has an Xbox with connect and has not at least checked it out, I think it's worth your time because I feel like, um, both from a content standpoint and from the standpoint of sort of the, uh, performance of how the connect tracks you i think both have improved over time so that's that uh matt what's going on man can i do a grind my gears real quick and then like you can delete it if it's really bad Ooh, we haven't done that in a long time it really annoys me that these same blogs who post like the connect is dead stupid peripheral you know why is microsoft trying to sell it in the first place then turn around and be like oculus rift needs to be in every house and you're like what like Oh yeah, it's just another stupid peripheral. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't. It, I don't understand. It annoys me, right? <laughs> to no end. Yeah, I don't know how you can hate one and not the other. Like one hundred and fifty dollars for this piece of tech, or a hundred, really, I guess, based on the price. That like controls everything in my living room, works really well. Here's me really like the Xbox One Connect is like you said, significantly better than the three sixties Connect. Like, on how it sees you, on how it hears you. The stuff they're doing inside of the Xbox to make it work seems really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't, $100 for this thing or $300 for a thing you put on your head and play and ignore everyone in your head. Like, I, don't, I just don't. I think, I mean, honestly, I feel like I have a suspicion that part of it boils down to, like, the perception of freedom or the perception of choice. Like, I think that people want to arrive at the decision to get a connect on their own and they maybe they didn't want to feel like they had to purchase it and they didn't have a choice even if they wanted it it turned them off of it and the reason why i feel this is true is because of the way um uh, you know like digital libraries and pre-ordering content like if you go to like xbox started a feedback website for example and one of the top items on their feedback website is digital pre-ordering on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And this comes in the wake of, you know, a year ago when everybody was like, no, we want to be able to sell our discs back. And like, I want my games yeah. on disc yeah, and yeah. like, you know, F you Microsoft, and like all that stuff. And, and now I do see people, like I read the comments in some of these articles and people are like, when can I pre-order dragon age? Like, when can I pre-order sunset yeah. overdrive? Like I want a digital pre-order. Like I want to pre-order destiny. Cause it's always online. Why do I want this game on a disc? Right. You know, so you see stuff like that happening, which is exactly what they tried to propose to you. Yeah. To yeah. the you know the royal you yeah. a week yeah. a year ago, and, and nobody wanted it. And the reality is that before the Connect on the 360, everybody you know made not made fun of it, but everybody was down on it because it wasn't really well integrated with the system, and you know it did have flaws that due to its non-integration. Mm-hmm. So like, and then people didn't want to make games for it because they're like, well, we don't even know if it's going to be on every system. 
And then they're like, oh, okay, well, obviously the fix to that is we'll include it with the next Xbox. And everybody's like, well, I don't want it included. And you're like, well, yeah. what the hell do you want? Yeah, no, it's tricky. <laughs> and I think part of it also is the fact that um, a lot of developer developers felt kind of um, they were, they were feeling pushed into developing things for the Kinect when they didn't necessarily want to. And a part of that is just kind of, you know, having to learn a new skill set. You'd have to learn, you'd have to hire people that are, are good with working with a Connect or devote man hours to like learning how to program for the Connect. And so a lot of developers that were kind of set in their ways were like, we don't want to do this. And so yeah. I think there was, you know, I think the, the gaming world in general was a little bit reluctant to adopt it. Yeah. So this was less, like, hey, this we was less a, a, a grind my gears on the Connect and more on the, you know, the 24 hour newsosphere of like, you know, we want this. We don't want this. You suck. You still suck. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, guys, yeah. like, who gives a shit? You're never going to like any of this, apparently. Like, it just needs to be a game that's magically on your console, but that you can still sell back when it's used <laughs> and that you, you know, has all the stuff and that you can play in VR. And, like, I, the thing that really gets me is, like, shitting on one thing and then, like, loving, like, literally just writing fluff pieces for another thing that's not even out there yet. Like, has, yeah. it's completely unproven. And I just don't. I don't. I don't know. It's just a weird. No, a weird... I mean, I totally agree, man. I think it's irresponsible journalism to announce that anything is dead. I think it does a yeah. lot of harm because, you know, it, there are a lot of developers that could probably really learn to embrace that technology and build some really cool stuff. But if you go on your blog that has, you know, gets millions of hits, and you announce that a, a certain product is dead, well, then no one's going to fucking develop for it. It's basically. You know, you are announcing. You could just have the headline be something else and have the same article, or maybe put the word "opinion" in the title yes, of your headline. Exactly. Yeah. Just you know, don't put a, a big sensationalized headline up there that that says something so derogatory. I, but I anyway. mean, I don't, I don't mean to single anybody out, but I feel like, I feel like, I mean, as far as like those sites go in general, there is not a lot to talk about right now. So I feel like right. things need to be done. There are to, a lot of opinion pieces getting put up. Yeah, things need to be done to drive people to the website but sure. i mean that's neither here nor there like no yeah like while i personally am not particularly interested in you know the vr headsets like i'm also not gonna like crap on them the same way some have crapped on the connect you know mm-hmm. yeah all right anyways um so that was that was my little it's just i'm getting like i just i've kind of stopped reading a lot of the gaming blogs but i, like, I kind of have too yeah unfortunate i just um, want the news man just give me the news yeah, there's there's one or two out there who are pretty good about just, you know, here's what happened today. Uh, anyways, uh, I have been uh, pricing out building a computer, much like Ash too, was talking. Um, yeah, nice. I I uh, got the itch. Um, I've I've wanted to start playing through my Steam pile, and I've got a a good MacBook Pro that I could play some of it on, but I'm really worried that if I start something on the MacBook Pro and then like a new one comes out that I can't play on the Mac anymore because I, can, I can't upgrade a Mac, you know? <laughs> Basically, the gaming system I have now is the gaming system I will have until I get a new laptop because mm-hmm. you can't upgrade MacBook Pros. Um, but uh, So I started pricing it out, and I'm really... You know, if anybody wants to tweet at either Matt History or Nerd Appropriate and let me know what your your thoughts are on building a computer, I'm having a rough time figuring out where... And I'm trying to read blogs... I used to be very good at this. Scott and I, when we were kids, used to build computers and like take them apart all the time when we were in like middle school and high school and stuff. Yeah, at least. I, and and uh, I used to know everything about like processor and RAM and like speed and what I need for this. And like I used to read all the magazines and all that because there weren't blogs at the time. 
And uh, it's changed. So, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? I was thinking about that. I was like googling, and I was like, "Is Maximum PC still a like a thing that I should read <laughs> uh, and understand?" Yeah. Uh, but so I'm trying to like figure out where because I can't build a two thousand dollar gaming machine. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen this week, next week, or a month, or three months from now. So, you know, like, I'm trying to figure out where to take the hits. Do I take it in the processor and get, like, an i5 or an i3 instead of, like, the top-of-the-line i7? Or can I do AMD? Is that still as good as Intel? And then, you know, do I need the top? How much RAM do I really need? Like, all that kind of stuff I've been been reading about and going through. So that's been one of the, the big things this week. Um, we played some Titanfall again, which we need to play more of because the game is just so damn good. Uh, I've been seeing more people in our friends list playing Titanfall recently, so I'm I'm kind of stoked on that. I think it's just because you know, like we've been saying, there's not a lot out right now, and it is honestly the most solid game out on the Xbox One. Period. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, especially with friends, absolutely, especially with friends. Yeah, absolutely replayable, absolutely fun. So, um, so enjoying that, and I just need to turn on my Xbox and get some time. It was a uh, it was a special week this week, so I didn't have as much time as I used to have. And <laughs> yeah. then, uh, uh, still playing Hearthstone. Played through the first three packs. So you you unlocked new campaigns already? Yeah. yeah Dang. Yeah. Uh, they're all pretty good. They're all pretty much the same with different skill sets at this point. Yeah. Um, but I have found myself using different decks to approach different guys. So like. One guy will be like his special power is like he basically just murders any creature that you put on the field, you know, like because mm-hmm. they're all like crazy overpowered. So I would play like a mage deck that doesn't use a lot of creatures and then tend to own it. So it's fun. I'm still really enjoying it. Um, but that mage like, deck, man, it kind of bothers me because it's like I feel like it's like when you play Malkavian in Vampire: The Eternal Struggle. Yeah, you know, it's all it's all direct damage. There's like very yeah. little uh, strategy involved. It's just like I'm gonna keep fireballing you until you're done you know <laughs> i tend to build really simple decks though like i i tend to like take a single concept and just try to like make that the thing so like i have a warrior deck that's all charge like it's every single charge creature in the game and yeah then, that's cool and like basically if you don't have a deck with a lot of taunt guys in it i can like take it out really easily because mm-hmm. i i'll win in like four or five rounds it's it's kind of ridiculous how fast you can get that stuff going yeah but the mage deck it seems like is either terrible or like ridiculously good. Oh like, yeah, crazy. but every game oh. has every card game has that kind oh, yeah. of deck in it, you yeah. know. So, uh, but it's still fun. I'm still enjoying it. And the and the challenge decks, I think the challenge like uh, the Curse of Naxxramas is a really great diversion. And the game absolutely needed it because I was starting to be like fatigued by playing just you know single matches over and over again it kind of it gets samey same after a while so i still think the price is a little high i think 700 gold and or five dollars whatever it is Mm -hmm. 700 gold takes a long time takes like almost a full week to to get and then you know five dollars is a little high considering there's gonna be five of them like yeah it's just like i'll make it though it's yeah i mean it's it's cheap enough so that people will just say fuck it, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely, they're correct in what they're what they knew that they could price it at that essentially. Um, but to me, it just feels a little high still. Um, and then I, ha- I, I think I'm going to save my EA access story because it's pretty ridiculous for when you. Oh dear. Yeah, when you do the review, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a little bit about experiences because I think that's what your EA access review is going to be. And my experience, I feel like, is is pretty different. Interesting. Um, okay. But I did do that as well. 
And I think doing work stuff for NA for Ash because he's he's such a whiner, guys. You don't know <laughs> what kind of whiner to deal with. I want things to happen. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that's about it. Um, Ash, what have you been up to? <laughs> well, I've been waiting so long. Jeez. Yeah, we had a lot to say. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'll, I'll keep mine brief. And it, mine's actually not all that exciting. I uh, There hasn't been a lot to play, as we've been kind of saying for weeks now, and it's kind of sad. But what I decided to do was um, catch up on some comics, and then I got addicted to catch up, catching up on comics. So um, I got the Marvel Unlimited for a month, which is like 10 bucks, and Damn. you can basically go through uh, and read about as many comics as you want <laughs> which is like the best deal ever because i ended up i sat down and i'm like i'm gonna read avengers stuff but i wanted to start um i didn't want to go <clears throat> all the way back to the beginning i wanted to start in, in kind of more modern contemporary you know a little the more Brian modern Michael comics Bendis era if you will yeah, so that's exactly what I did. I started in the 2004 Brian Michael Bendis oh, New Avengers it. arc. Yeah. And so I started with his uh, New Avengers arc, which, again, starts in 2004, and is an all-New Avengers team. And I read almost the entire thing. I read, Damn, like, 60-plus 60, 60 issues. Is that right after Civil War or right before? It's actually Civil War happens during that arc. So during, it's, it's uh, Skrull stuff. It's Civil War stuff. It's... Um, uh, what's it called? Fallout. Like dark, dark, dark rain or whatever. Yeah. But there, yeah, there's a, a lot of like little arcs and stuff in there. But dude, it's incredible. It was, uh, you know, the team is really cool. It's Spider Man and um, Luke Cage. Daredevil joins for a little while. Wolverine's on the team. And I, what I kind of noticed is it's really like the is best Moon of Knight them. On there too? Moon Knight's not on there. The, the where I am right now yet. So he hasn't joined. If he does, he doesn't. There's a lot of Moon Knight TV and or movie rumors going around. Oh, really? That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Well, the team is is awesome. The arcs were great. And like I said, he brings in characters from all over the Marvel Universe. So you get, you know, arcs that have Doctor Strange. And you have arcs you know, where Thor shows up. And, and uh, it's great because the entire run is the Avengers on the run. So the Avengers don't have their big mansion anymore. It's basically them like living in a fucking dirty apartment trying to be in a superhero team. And it's so much more enjoyable because that was always my problem with the Avengers. Growing up, they were always like these rich guys that lived in a mansion and had a butler. And, you know, they were the most powerful people on the planet. But this team, the new Avengers, and this is like old news for people that have been reading it, but it's just really like they're kind of underpowered. They're a little punchy. Like they don't have like the most extravagant of powers. You, know, you have Wolverine and Spider Man and Luke Cage and. But it's it it was a really enjoyable read, really well written. Bendis is fucking amazing. So Bendis, yeah. that's really what I've been doing. I also read um, a comic, a, a mini series he did called The Pulse, because we were talking last week about um, what's her name, Luke Cage's wife, um, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, yeah, yeah. And Jessica Jones is a reporter in The Pulse, which is one of the. It's an interesting part of her character arc. She actually becomes a reporter for the Daily Bugle. And it's just a, literally a 13-issue miniseries about reporters <laughs> and, like, <laughs> them reporting on the Marvel Universe. And it's really – it's all Bendis. It's all super well done. You get to kind of see the Marvel Universe from a completely different angle and, uh, you know, unraveling secrets and things like that. So secrets. that's really – like, that's – like, I've, in my free time this week, that's all I've been doing is reading comics. So I have two quick questions for you. Yeah. One, uh, the art – 
I think what kept me from New Avengers was wasn't that um, John Romita Jr. who did that. Actually, no, I don't think he wasn't. did that. No, that might have been the other Avengers title. Because what Avengers. happened is like Civil War yeah. like, split the team, and I think that was like Iron Man's team had the Romita art. Um, I just I can't do Romita. I try, and his art like takes me out of it right away all the time. Yeah, his stuff's kind of for me like also kind of hit or miss. But um, I can't recall who did the art for most of New Avengers, but it's actually really it's it's great. It's really okay, well done. Cool. And then uh, the other is, well, how was your experience with Marvel Ultimate or Un- Unlimited? Because or whatever it is, because um, I had it. We've both talked about having it before. And I yeah. think you had it in the past. And I had it on my Android tablet, not on my iPad. And honestly, it was like so – it just did not work very well. Like it was it was hard to read and track where I was reading because I was trying to read like a long series of Punisher comics. And yeah. it would like forget where I was. It would log me out and then not let me log back in. Like it was doing stuff that I was like, I can't. And like I know all the guys that, that, are, or, that are building it or managing it. Yeah. And I know they're, they're constantly – trying to improve it and they're fixing it's not like they just built it and left it alone and aren't doing anything with it but i just didn't know if, if you've had a better experience this time with your ipad or... uh, well no. so i am reading it on the ipad and it's kind of hit or miss um yeah. so if you turn on the panel it's like panel sync i think it's called and it actually zooms from panel to panel yeah. yeah yeah half the time the dialogue will be like cut off completely oh really it'll zoom in too far and other other times you just won't even be able to see like what's in the frame so that's really weird so i, I turn that off and then I was having to toggle, turn it on, turning it on and off because sometimes it would be zoomed out way too far and the word bubbles would be too small. So yeah. I was constantly having to kind of go back and forth between the zoom and the not zoom, which is kind of unfortunate. And then it also, like you were saying, would not remember where I was in a comic. Okay. So I would read like an issue, let's say reading issue 12. Unless I finished issue 12, I'd have to like reload the app and then go back and like do a, a, a search for New Avengers issue 12, yeah. reload the whole comic, then go find the page I was on. So in terms of like the tech of the app, um, I, unfortunately, I wasn't well, there disappointed yet. in it. Yeah, but um, the fact you can just get so much content. I was yeah, thinking I mean, if but, I were to buy all those issues that I read, it would have cost me, I don't even know how much money. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, absolutely, I agree on that point. The wealth of content there, and they really aren't skimping. Like, it is not, we used to joke when I worked there, we joke because this has been around for a long time, the Marvel Unlimited thing. Mm-hmm. It's just they've started pushing it a lot harder now. Uh, and we used to call it like Marvel Limited because it was like 200. It was always like the worst <laughs> selection of comic book issues. And uh, they have been since since then in your more recent years pushed just a ton of they have like thousands of comics in it is what I think they say now. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Which is pretty awesome. And literally you can look up anything and probably find something to read. Like I was reading Infinity Gauntlet stuff or Infinity Crusade. I think one of the Infinity lines I read uh, like Punisher stuff and I read. Uh, Moon Knight, I think a little bit. Uh, the one that I couldn't find that I don't think they have in it, which this is such a ridiculous, it's not even a gripe, because it's just a character that I read a lot as a kid. I don't know if you read this, but Sleepwalker? I remember Sleepwalker. I don't think I, I read Sleepwalker uh, all that much. but I loved Sleepwalker as a kid. I don't know why. I just It really was one of those comics that like hit me. And I can't find it anywhere. It's like not for sale or anything anymore. I, you know, I'm sure they sold like I probably was yeah. the one reader of Sleepwalker. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him, yeah, in the early '90s. But well, that's cool. I just thought I'd ask you. So, you, did you do anything else this week? Uh, other than that, not really. I went back to work. Work's been pretty brutal, so I I talked a lot this week and kind of blew my voice out. But it's <laughs> coming back. 
And other than that, just read some comics and relaxed. So um, why don't we take a quick break and come back with all sorts of news from Germany. News. So we're back with lots of news from Gamescom. And like we said, um, we were not invited. <laughs> we were not invited to Germany. I don't know so how we were left off that list. Did uh, any any corporate didn't fly us out there? For yeah, the, the, cor- no. the corporate sponsors didn't fly us all the way out Frickin to Germany. Frickin' NA corporate, man. Let's... God. Fuck those guys. Yeah. No, seriously. So selfish. Uh, but there's a lot of news. There's a lot of really good news coming out of Gamescom. Um, you know, n- nothing that like made my jaw hit the floor, but there there were some big reveals. And I think the biggest during the Microsoft press conference was the fact that the new Tomb Raider is going to be, at least for a while, uh, an Xbox One exclusive. So let's talk about that for a second. Did you guys first of all hear that? I did. Yeah. Why is everybody so freaked out about this? Uh, I think people are angry (laughs) because some people really want to play this game and they don't want to get an Xbox One. So uh, I think the idea of exclusivity is it it pisses people off, uh, especially when it's, you know, kind of the sequel to a title that a lot of people enjoyed. But I I can tell you why this happened if you want to talk about why this happened. Because Microsoft Microsoft is like a $30 billion a year company (laughs) with really deep wallets. Is that why? That's exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact of the matter was, even though Tomb Raider sold millions of copies, it was still uh, a bit of a, a financial disappointment. It didn't sell as many as they were mm-hmm. hoping for. So, you know, we were we were kind of talking about this um, a little while ago, but the fact of the matter is if you don't sell, you know, upwards of four or five million copies of a big, big AAA title these days, you are going to lose money, which is crazy to think about, but... You know, when thousands of people, hundreds if not thousands of people work on your game, they're very, very expensive. So, um, I, th- you know, what I've been reading about this is they said they said uh, to the Tomb Raider devs, like, hey, like Microsoft said to them, we will pay for exclusivity and gave them a shit ton of money. And they said, all right, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, this so, is I mean, just the way of things. I mean, obviously, it's not desirable for the gaming audience at large, but... You know, there is sort of a console war going on right now between Sony and Microsoft. So this is what we see happening, especially from, you know, from uh, from the indie games all the way up to the AAA, you know. But does this bother you guys? It's still not an exclusive. It's a timed exclusive, right? Yes. From, I guess, what I've been hearing, it's going to be timed. But it might be, you know, quite some time. So maybe a year or something like that. Oh, really? That's yeah. a long time for an exclusive, but sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Of course it's annoying, but I mean, at the same time, I didn't have a PS3 when Metal Gear came out, and I didn't, like, shit my pants over it or anything. It's, it's like, if you really want to play the game, get the console, I guess, but it, I understand if you can't afford it. No, I mean, if you can't afford it, then you just don't get to play it right away. Like, I don't... I just don't... The, the, the entitlement of, like... I deserve to get everything that ever existed ever because of the internet is like weird to me. I don't understand it. You're I'm also old. logical and old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. old and I remember and, and not being able to get sense everything in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get on a forum and, and yell at the developers of tomb Raider and, and call them names because they chose to accept large sums of yeah. money for something. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, as far as like on that same note, transistor, right? We all thought, Originally, it was going to come out for all platforms, and it turned out to be 
uh, a PS4 console exclusive and I've just never bought it, you know? So like, I'm right. I'm not like go to the internet and write angry comments, angry, but like, I'm a little disappointed. I, but at the same time, I've not purchased the game. So I feel Mm -hmm. like they lose out and I lose out. So there you go. It's going to be the same with this. Like people, some people will just not play the game. That's just the reality of the situation. It is. Yeah. But I mean, thing is microsoft had to throw enough money at them to ward off the amount of sales that they would have had on playstation right because otherwise why why what's the point sure exactly so, yeah so like you know i just i understand the developer going like well either we're guaranteed that we're gonna get you know our money back or are we gonna take the chance that you know every four million people on playstation are gonna buy this thing i don't i don't i just don't i it, yes yes it's annoying Absolutely. It's 100% annoying. I agree with everybody that you can't play any game that you want to play. But, like, I guess it's the reality of these mega costly... I mean, these things are... It's like basically a movie industry now where they're releasing huge games with tons of money in them. And they've got to make that back. Man, that would be like if, if, uh, if Disney came out and they were like... Star Wars is coming out in 2015, but you're only going to be to see it in Cobb Cinema Theaters and not the... <laughs> Cobb, oh my God. You know, and not the other... What's the other one called? Regal. You can't go Regal, to the yeah. Regal Cinemas. You have to go to a Cobb Theater. You know, like, that would be... It would be, like, that level of craziness. Could you imagine if something if like that were Cobb to happen? In that, the- I wouldn't be shocked if Regal threw down cash to be like, this movie is only going to be in Regal Theaters. I'm, I'm actually now shocked that that's never happened. I, I think now, we just invented something it. right here. I hope, I hope the movie companies don't listen Great. to our podcast. You guys just- broke the entertainment industry i know yeah right (laughs) um so the other thing i guess that's kind of interesting is if you've been on the fence about getting an xbox one they did release and we kind of heard these were coming but there are going to be um new versions of the xbox one coming out and both of them don't have the connect so there's a sunset overdrive edition that's going to come out on october 28th and it's going to be a white xbox one that's all glossy and pretty looking and it comes with Sunset Overdrive and a controller and a 500 gigabyte hard drive. And then later on, on November 3rd, there's going to be a Call of Duty Advanced Warfare edition, which looks all super tough. Like you could hide it in the jungle and no one would be able to find it. <laughs> what happened to my Xbox One? It disappeared. Um, so there's an Advanced Warfare Xbox One. And this one is $100 more expensive, but it comes with a one terabyte hard drive. Which is, by the way, silly now, guys, because you can plug in any USB three yeah. portable hard drive and have you know many many terabytes of storage for so. real. So like, Sunset Overdrive, you get a game, it's four hundred dollars. Basically, the game is free. Yeah. So this other console has Call of Duty, but a one terabyte hard drive, and it's five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Is that yes. a better deal than getting an Xbox with a Connect attached to it? I, I would say s- nine. Yeah, for some people maybe, but like. I feel like that is somewhat ridiculous because of the the fact that you just stated previously. Yeah, but did yeah. you see what the Xbox looks like, Scott? They have <laughs> they have nailed this for the Call of Duty <laughs> theme. Like it's just like perfect for everybody. Yeah, it's all sure. gray and green, and it's got logos on it and symbols, and it looks like you could shoot it with a gun. It's like sweet. <laughs> I've I've always wondered what what sort of the long term impact is of of a uh, console that has a specific design on it. You know, like, are people looking at their, like, R2-D2, like, white Xbox 360s and thinking, like, man, like, what am I going to do with this? You know, like, are people going to look at their Call of Duty Advanced Warfare 
I feel like the Star Wars one is a little more timeless. Yeah, right? that's more I mean, like a collector's item. But okay. like, there's like the Gears of War one that you could have bought. Um, Ash, did you get the Gears of War one? No. Oh, okay. I didn't have that one. There was a Gears of War skinned one, and I think they've always had a Call of Duty one, haven't they? They've had a couple, yeah. But there's yeah. going to be a Call of Duty game next year. Maybe two, oh, yeah. I don't know, two games. Who who cares? But you like getting gonna... a Madden-themed one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Madden Man, 2006. Donovan McNabb on it. <laughs> Madden 2006 Xbox. Yeah. With some football star that's like long gone. He works yeah. at Denny's now. Yeah. So let's talk about PT. The Silent well, uh, Hill. I wanted to bring this up, A, because, you know, we have heard that we don't talk about Sony stuff, but I actually thought this was pretty cool um, and is awesome. But there's going to be a new Silent Hill, and uh, our friend Gorillamo del Toro. Gorillamo! uh, (laughs) Gilmore del Toro is going to be, is he directing and producing? He's producing, right? He's producing, yeah. And, like, I don't know, probably co-writing in some way, but he's producing, and uh, Hideo Kojima, correct, is directing or also producing Interesting. all i all i remember reading about this is they're b- both having something large to they do both with the yeah <laughs> yeah um i have not played the trailer yet because i don't have a ps4 um but they put out a an interactive trailer a playable trailer if you will for the game that from what i understand has gameplay in it and you kind of make decisions while the trailer is running and it it does things for you while you're watching I know about this. I, the reason I wanted to talk about it briefly is because the reason I know about this is I came to work on Thursday or whatever day after it came out, and a coworker of mine who always talks to me about games came up and he was like, "Oh my God, did you see that? Silent, did you play that Silent Hill trailer?" And I was like, "There's a play the trailer." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's on the PS4. Did you play it?" And I was like, "No, nah, I don't have a PS4." And he's like. I nearly shit myself while playing this trailer. I wow. was like, what? He's like, this is the scariest thing. And he's not like, he's older. He's like, in a, you know, 40 and he, he's not, yeah, yeah. you know, he's, he's seen some shit, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know All what right. that meant, but you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But he, uh, he, he, uh, blown away by this thing. He said it looked amazing. And I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, Guillermo, Guillermo, del- I, I always want to say Guillermo <laughs> now. I used to say it totally fine. Now I can't. Guillermo, Guillermo, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Del Toro <laughs> yes. and Kojima, uh, I was like, yeah, they're both involved. And he didn't even know that. He just played it because it was like a Silent Hill thing. He was, he was fully expecting to be disappointed due to the last, like, two, three Silent Hills. Yeah, yeah. And he said it's amazing. Have you guys seen this at all? Did you watch the one that's, like, on YouTube, apparently, or anything of that, or no? So I actually heard about this from uh, Press to Reset's 150th episode, so congratulations mm-hmm. to them. Hey! Uh, and Anna Schumann played this um, – and of course, you know she she loves survival horror stuff. And I'm a big fan of survival horror as well, but I haven't played any of the the recent ones. Um, from what she was saying, it is it's super scary, and it's actually you know it's its own kind of survival horror in its own sense. I mean, you have to navigate a house, and you have to go to different rooms and solve puzzles. But supposedly, the last puzzle is so incredibly hard that very few people have actually been able to do it. And mm. from from what I understand, they actually put it up there and just called it PT and let the community figure out that it was a trailer. Uh, and no one no one actually knew that it was a Silent Hill trailer. And they just everyone was just playing this random ass survival horror game with like an insanely possible puzzle at the end. And the puzzle huh. at the end is what unlocked the actual uh, video for the trailer. So Damn. Uh, that's cool. Really cool. Great, yeah. great viral guerrilla marketing there. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, and and I actually think uh, the two guys involved. I'm not even going to say their names this time because we all know who they are. Uh, 
uh, are awesome and could make Silent Hill Silent Hill again. Silent Hill, like originally the first one, and I guess even probably the first two were awesome and like i loved them and i played the shit out of them on the old playstation right it was the first playstation i think or second i think it was playstation 2 but i don't playstation 2 but uh i loved them some of my favorite survival horror so so i would love to see it come back and be good even if it's an exclusive for sony guys i'm okay with that (laughs) i'm okay with that too oh the original game was released on the playstation yeah that's what i thought in 1999 sweet wow that was a long time ago. It sure was. You guys want to talk about some Bioware stuff? I certainly yeah. do. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> our <laughs> listeners don't care about that. Let's let's move on to something else. Uh, Bioware stuff. So the big kind of surprise, and I, normally I, I hear little sneaky things here and there, but I didn't hear anything about this. Um, Bioware's coming out with a brand new game. Their Austin studio, who worked on uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, is building a game called Shadow Realms, which is actually already playable and ready to go, and people played it at Gamescom. And I heard a lot of good things uh, from different reporters who actually got their hands on it. But what Shadow Realms is, is a 4v1 game, similar to you know how people have been getting into Evolve. But one player plays like a demon master who's kind of like in control of this Shadow Realm. Ha ha ha. So like a... Like and- a- like a dungeon master, perhaps? Yeah, he's like a dungeon master. And he controls <laughs> the rooms that the players are in. And he can leap into the bodies of all the monsters in the rooms and basically set up traps. And um, he can possess other players and make them do terrible things. And basically, he runs around causing chaos. And then four players, um, it's kind of like, from what I understand, it's not like middle ages dragon style it's more of like uh, persona style dream realm like mm-hmm. so people have guns and, and and supernatural abilities that sort of thing um and the players there is progression there are romances it's, they're going to do episodic releases and so you can get on and just do you know five players and one person controls this demon master the other uh go through the different dungeons and you go around together and and fight evil and it actually looks pretty cool but right now it's pc only which is another reason why i need to get another pc damn <laughs> i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the concept of this game like how it's like it's episodic right there's romances but there's yeah. four people playing with a dungeon master as the fifth like i yeah and then you can level or something too yeah. right I, i'm yeah. trying to understand it too i'm i'm a little it seems like a lot which is okay it is a lot. it just seems like a lot this whole 4v1 thing, like, really the only, you know, basis that I have as far as, like, a mental model goes is, like, we've seen Evolve. We've seen the announcement of a game like Fable Legends. We've played, you know, D&D before, but I don't understand how that turns into an episodic game with, like, relationships. So, yeah, like, it's really fascinating. Interesting to see, you know, what they who are you romancing? With. Exactly. The I'm romancing board. the demon, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> But it looks cool. I mean, it looks it looks simple enough. Um, it looks very fast paced. I watch a lot of gameplay of it, and I you know I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, it's going to be the type of thing where I think you're going to need a pretty pretty solid PC to run it. So you know, I think you're going to need a pretty you, solid crew to run it too. Yeah, I was going to say, what if you only have three friends? Is it can it be two v one or does it have to be four v one? Ooh, I don't know the answer to that. I'm assuming you don't have to have a full then crew. What worth are you, Ash? Yeah. <laughs> I think you know what it actually kind of reminded me a little bit was uh, Left 4 Dead as well. So you have that ah. kind of, you know players versus environment thing going on. We have to challenge the P two R crew to this then because they're now yeah. they play some Left 4 Dead. Well, that's that's a crew right there. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, the other big piece of news from Gamescom is that Dragon Age was actually playable on the floor for the first time, 
and, and you uh, can just clients. walk right up and play, right? No, no issues. No, you pretty much have to like bring rations and, <laughs> and hope to survive. Not only uh, a germ assault, but also a lot of a lot of sweaty people. And the lines were supposedly between five and seven hours long. It's like the wait for the game was as long as the game itself. Yeah, it's I don't think hours. There's very few things I think in life I would wait five to seven hours for. That's a lot of time. And then you're going to be saying to yourself the whole time, "I'm at a convention that I paid to be at." <laughs> and I just spend five hours of my day, which is basically almost the entire time the floor is open, to right. to stand in a line. And that's that, die hard, man. That's intense. It is. I mean, that's uh, for everyone that did that. You guys are amazing. But um, big things that they did, other than allow the game to be played, is they they had a new trailer, which looked awesome and showed off a lot of the villains of Dragon Age. Um, showed off. Also, a lot of the new environments and the game looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, we've seen the, the scene of them fighting the high dragon over and over again, but finally they re- released um, a lot of new stuff. So they actually showed how weapon customization works. You're going to be able to actually name the weapons that you create. So I can make, make like the Scott Buster and I can do all sorts of cool things like and that. And the Gorilla Mo del Toro. Gorilla Mo del Toro. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> I didn't make it up, all right? Somebody said it at Comic-Con, and it's been stuck in my head, and I can't get it out now. <laughs> but uh, the weapon customization looks awesome. You can basically combine a bunch of different materials and and uh, special stuff to create your own weapons that you can then, if you like it enough, you can keep basically upgrading it all the way through the game. So if you really like a sword that you got in the beginning, you can keep tweaking it, and eventually you know, that'll be like your sword, which I think is great. Because in those games, nothing pisses me off more or used to piss me off more than you'd have a great suit of armor and your guy would look badass. And then you'd find like something in a chest that has amazing stats. And then you put it on and you look like a fucking circus clown. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> I really don't want to wear this circus clown outfit. <laughs> like, like I just, I'm just not going to do it. So then you'd like, you know, sell the circus clown outfit and stick with your old shitty gear. It's like uh, you'd rather have a would. matching set of gear as opposed yes. to like a clown yeah. wig. I did it in like, Mass Effect. In Mass Effect, I wore like the, the thing that I thought looked the coolest, and I was like, I don't even care about the stats. Yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like I'm an RPG fashionista, man. Like, get that shit off me if it's ugly. <laughs> yeah. RPG fashionista. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things we got to see, we got to see a little bit of Skyhold, which is going to be basically your palace that you live in in Dragon Age, and you got to see a little bit of. Um, what mission selection looks like. And it's pretty cool. You see this giant uh, tabletop with uh, a bunch of little flags like plugged into the train. So you're sort of like this battlefield commander looking at, you know, where you want to move troops and things like that. And you have your advisor standing around you. So you can actually select the missions that you, you want to go to next. And and um, I like that, that variety. I think it's going to be cool to be able to, you know, everyone's going to play the game differently now. So it's going to be much less linear than Origins was. Even though Origins wasn't completely linear, it's still, you know, you still had to do certain missions basically in a certain order, right? Yes. You had to do like Mage Tower or this or this. Well, this seems like you're going to have a lot more um, freedom, which is kind of cool. And we got to see um, a new combat video as well. For those of us who didn't get to play it, we got to actually check out um, some of the new enemy types. And uh, everything's looking good with this game, guys. I'm pretty, like, you know, there's part of me that's always like, oh, man, you know, is something just going to fall apart at the last second? But everything I, I keep seeing makes me want to play this more and more. And obviously, you know, our listeners are probably aware of this, but this is probably my most anticipated title of the year at this point. So, Absolutely. I mean, so it's really exciting. 
Yeah, and I think they know they need to just like home run. You know, like it, yeah. it's just got to be out of the park, amazing, and great. And I think they're putting the time in to make it that way. And that's why we saw like the minor delay, probably partly is just mm-hmm. like, okay, let's make sure this thing's fine tuned to hell. You know? Yeah. I also think yeah. they wanted to clear up and like get out of that October like yeah mosh release game. mess. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have moved off of that. Off there's that no October. nobody. The only game on it now is Alien. Everybody else moved. Did Shadows <laughs> Shadows move too? Moved a week earlier. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, everyone moved out of that October 7th, so... That still makes the fall completely bonkers, but... It is crazy. It yeah. always is. I mean, like, it's basically going to be, like... Every year, summer hits, and we go, Oh, fall's going to be mm. crazy. Oh, so many games. It's just how this works. It's right before Christmas. We can just actually replay shit. these for many years to come. Just can. <laughs> take the quotes Actually, out. eventually, we probably can, because it'll just be, like, three games that get released yearly, and they just all come out in the fall, and we'll just be like, Oh! Destiny bow, 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 bow. 10 is coming out. I'm excited. <laughs> My grandkids are so I'm smelly. I'm a Call of Duty fan. Like, that's, that's all we're going to have. Maybe uh, <laughs> in the fall we'll record a segment for next year's Assassin's Creed game, and we'll see if it holds up, and we'll just drop that into next year. <laughs> we should. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this Remember Me stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, I last, I think earlier this year, I played a game called Remember Me, which was uh, a game by... Uh, released by Capcom from a French developer, I think called Don't Don't Nod was the name of the developer. So something like that. And the game sort of came out to a weird reception because I largely think the game itself was understood or misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And uh, it so it blended, it tried to blend sort of weird elements. I saw a good description of this on a website. They said it blended elements of the Nomad Soul, which was um, Omicron for for. Uh, Mm-hmm. For fans of Heavy Rain, you know that kind of thing. That's that's mm-hmm. in the Wayback Machine, but you know you could do these weird things where you could go into people's memories and rearrange them. And then there was a a combat fighting system that seemed to have a weird like rhythm component that no one ever really said anything about, but kind of had like this weird combat system. And it was just had like a very uh, sort of artistic story, and the graphics were were really nice. It was a third person kind of fighting game, but they. Uh, announced a new game which is called life is strange and this game has been described as many weird things so it's going to be set in the pacific northwest which is very in vogue right now <laughs> um it's going to be episodic twilight yeah anyways it's, it's going to be episodic it's going to have a time rewind mechanic which i guess is what your your main character does and then it's going to be about a relationship between um uh, two female characters. Uh, there's been some comparisons to Gone Home, so hmm. I don't know. Like this sounds really interesting. I actually liked Remember Me a lot. Um, I realized over the past year that I seem to like games that come from French development studios for one reason or another. Maybe it's just their approach to the art and the way that they, the way that they lay out narratives and characters and and stuff like that. So I'm really excited for this game. Um, Cool. There hasn't been a lot of information released about it, but so is it is it sort of like a three D puzzler type thing, or I I can't tell. I mean, okay, they've only released a couple of screens and very limited information, but it's supposed to be an episodic game about you going back to uh, to Oregon and sort of getting into this relationship with like a friend or something like that, and and sort of what happens in the course of this game. I really don't know. It sounds completely fascinating. Do you think that Telltale and like Alan Wake set up the system for releasing a new IP that is weird and different that you want to make a full game for, but that you don't want to invest, you know, the upfront 
eighty million dollars to make so that you do episodic so that you can go like here's the first one. Did everybody like that first yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Here's the second one. Are we still <laughs> yeah. all digging yeah. this game? Absolutely. Right, sweet, here's the third one. <laughs> like, and that is also made more possible too by the fact that you can now download games digitally. Like that's like a viable system, more viable than it was when like the 360 first came out, for example. Stop mm. pushing your system on me, Scott. All right. I want to buy a disc and I want to sell it. Yeah. And, and, by, gonna... and by system, he means scrotum. What? Stop pushing your system on him. <laughs> okay. Hey, so. Right. Uh... <laughs> episodic right hey <laughs> yeah um, yeah i don't know i mean I, I i like it i actually think it's a good system for for releasing new ip but obviously this sounds different and it sounds like a hard sell and maybe this was their way of being able to to get it out there with like a full arc you know yes it is described as a compelling story-driven experience where choice and consequence play a key role in how the narrative unfolds but there is a twist at the beginning of the game, Max discovers she has a remarkable power, the power to rewind time. Is, that, is it written like that? Does it like keep getting like capital letters down to regular size too? No, no, it's actually just the title of the game that is capitalized. But that's, uh, that's kind of the idea behind the game. So it's something that's very fascinating to me if you're into cool. those narrative-driven experiences. Uh, check out Life is Strange. I don't really know when it's coming out. Cool. Soon? Well, I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah, that looks great. It's a it's a great concept, at least from what has been released so far. The uh, the last thing that I want to talk about is something I'm really excited for, which is Dan Central Spotlight. And they Doesn't that come out very soon? It comes out the day after PAX Prime. Oh boy! Which I'm really disappointed in because I'm I'm not going to be able to practice anything if the <laughs> game actually is at PAX Prime, right? So. Oh, they'll be there. I know they're going to be there, but like, I'm going to have to jump up on stage, and I, I oh, will yeah. have no, no routines prepared ahead of time. You, you, you have the flow, man. You'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. you have yeah. the moves. Yeah. So, um, you know, like the you know the DLC the the way that the game's going to be released, it's going to be uh, a ten dollar digital download game. It's going to come with ten tracks, and then everything else after that is going to be a la carte purchases yeah. like DLC, okay. which I think is a great idea. Yeah. Um, I think that's a way to get you into dancing faster at a lower price point, And then you can just pick the stuff that you like to do. You know, yeah. I don't know. It makes a lot of sense. So they announced, uh, and I think that by doing this, they're going to be able to remain more current with what is popular and sort of like on the radio right now, probably more so than they've been able to do in previous games where it's like, well, we needed yeah. to have, 40 tracks ready for this release. And, you know, now some of them are already two months old and people are like, maybe, maybe, or maybe not stoked on those tracks anymore. So, mm-hmm. but you know, they released uh, a new list of DLC, like that includes some weird stuff that I don't even know how you dance to like, uh, take on me by aha. Wow. And, uh, ain't it fun by Paramore? Huh? Yeah. So uh, like some of those yeah. things, but then you've got like other tracks, like, um, scream and shout with like Britney Spears. um, Nico and Vins, Am I Wrong, Calvin Harris, a couple of tracks from Calvin Harris, Demi Lovato. Um, oh, Aini Kamozi, Here Comes the Hot Stepper. I don't, I don't remember that, that song. You don't remember that song? Oh, you got to look it turn up. Turn it up. Yeah. I'm the lyrical gangster. Turn uh, it up. Yeah. Do uh, like it like that. Turn it up. Yeah, that's that's just like a – that's a really close <laughs> step to having uh, Informer released in the game. Oh, which man. I, uh, 
Yeah. Please. I would dance to that. That's the <laughs> yeah. only song I would dance to. Uh, Creep by TLC. So it's like. Oh, uh, not by Radiohead? Not by Radiohead. <laughs> that would be amazing. The move is you just hug yourself and rock back and forth. <laughs> yeah. It's like you hug yourself and then you sit down on the floor and then you cry a little bit and you stand back up again yeah. and wander I hope that away. Happens. A plus. I really hope that happens. <laughs> um, but I, no, I'm really stoked for this game. So I'm, awesome. I'm happy to see all this stuff coming out. So. That's your uh, Dan Central Spotlight update. Do you, guys, do you guys want to hear a rumor from the rumor mill? Yeah, let's do it. And then we'll move on. This is this is not even in the show notes. You don't know what's coming. Ooh. You ready? Yeah. There's a rumor that there will be an untouched Blu-ray version of the three original Star Wars movies coming out uh, before the seventh release. Oh, that's nice. I'd be into which that. Which means no SFX, no... No, after the fact, you know, uh, digital things or people changing who shoots who and all that kind of stuff will be gone. It'll be the original three movies, untouched and ready to go. Just scale models and rubber costumes. Yep. I'll take it. Super rumor, though. Not news. Just a rumor. I'd buy that for a dollar. If you guys want to come back and talk about Expendo Bros. Expendo Bros. So this week I checked out Expendabros uh, from Free Lives, and we had uh, talked to the guys from Free Lives uh, at the last, I think, PAX East, and they're awesome. They're a small studio based out of South Africa, and actually um, Expendabros was actually licensed by – it has the Expendables license, so you actually get to play as um, a lot of the characters from the film. And the thing that's awesome about Expendabros also is that it's completely free, so you don't have to have – um, you don't have to have Broforce to play it, and we talked about this game in the past. But if you have, if you don't know what the heck we're talking about, it's an awesome game that's available on Steam. It's kind of a side-scrolly uh, Contra-style game, but it has awesome physics and destructible environments, and the weapons are super fun. It has tons of characters from you know old classic action and science fiction films. But uh, Expendabros is is fucking great. It's ten levels long. Uh, there's two big boss fights, which are both really really fun and uh, each one of the characters is playable you can play as like Sylvester Stallone's character and Jason Statham's character Dolph Lundgren, Wesley Snipes um, their abilities are so fucking badass for instance like uh, you can play as Terry Crews and I guess in Expendables 3 <laughs> Terry Crews has a like a Gatling gun type type gun yeah well in this he has the in, in Expendables he has the Gatling gun but he can point it at the ground as your special ability and he'll fire himself across the landscape to do like a super <laughs> jump using <laughs> – which I really hope is in the film – using the Gatling gun, right? Which is uh, fucking awesome. And then amazing. Uh, I think it's Dolph Lundgren's character has a radio-controlled RC car as a secondary ability that you can drive around the map and you can actually drive it up ladders and stuff and blow up big pieces of the landscape. It has like a detonatable <laughs> – 
It's so good. And like uh, a couple characters have different airstrike type things. Jason Statham is all knives. Oh, it's so, so good. Has, I unlocked him this morning. Yeah, he has throwing knives and then his special is he basically like leaps in the air and like does like, rain of knives. So like a thousand knives go in the air and he just like impales everything. <laughs> and uh, Wesley Snipes is also just a melee only character and he can run around and just like cut people up with daggers and stuff like that. So honestly, there's no reason why you guys should not download this game it's a ton of fun to play i recommend playing it with uh like a controller that you can plug into your pc completely free definitely check out expender bros from free lives um you'll enjoy the heck out of it they did some cool stuff with the mechanics too i think scott got this far in playing it but the, the narrative is actually pretty cool like you get captured in the beginning and have to break free and there's a there's a lot going on for a free game which is more or less being used as like a marketing tool for expendables 3 so um, it's it's kind just of so ridiculous. The game is completely absurd, and, I, it is. and that's the way it's supposed to be. It totally fits in with what the Expendables movie is too. Yeah, yeah. is that that's there's just so saying. much action that it just makes you smile. You're like, oh, this is hilarious. You know, like well, it's, it's also like, like the the second go around for these characters, which is kind of amazing. It's like because Wesley Snipes is in the first you know uh bro force as blade like the guys yeah, yeah, like, yeah. These, these guys appear in their other forms in, in the earlier That's true yeah there's the a couple stallone characters like rambro and stuff <laughs> yeah. are in the first yeah in, in bro force i think almost all of them are in in bro force as their yeah. other characters so it's it's fucking cool the only thing i'd love to see is i'd love to see the expender bros brought over into bro force and i just want to see their roster kind of added to the roster that's already because already there's way too many characters, but <laughs> that's the way it should be. Yeah, I want more. So it's awesome. I love those guys, and uh, we'll probably, likely, we'll see them at PAX and maybe talk to them a little bit more about Broforce. So I want awesome. I want to know about this uh, EA Access because I haven't signed up for it yet. I don't really 100 percent get it. Okay, so maybe, maybe you guys can learn me something about it. Would you like a little bit of trivia beforehand? Yes. I, to my knowledge. I do not think that any EA title has ever been released as a part of Games with Gold. Ooh. Um, yeah, I don't... Not and that, to my knowledge. That was kind yeah. of a head-scratcher, right? Because uh, Square Enix and Ubisoft and Capcom, um, sort of all of the other larger developer uh, publisher groups have released games as a part of this program, in addition to some um, arcade and indie titles and stuff like that. So I always... I noticed that very early on, and I thought that was very interesting, and I wondered why EA had never done that. And I think this might be the answer why. Hmm. So, in a nutshell, EA Access is sort of a subscription-based program, or a membership program, or whatever you want to call it. Um, It is currently exclusive to the Xbox One. I think it's only available in the U.S. right now. Um, There were articles that indicated that Sony actually turned down this program um because it uh competed with their own playstation now what is it called playstation yeah. now playstation plus playstation plus yeah so competed too much with oh, their wait, own. The, wait the digital games thing is playstation now or live oh uh yeah maybe well yeah you're right yeah, maybe there's compete- two systems there sony's gonna have now yeah maybe it actually competed with both of those services yeah. in a way that they yeah. did not appreciate but anyways only on xbox one so in a nutshell this is how it works uh, you can pay $5 a month or $30 for an entire year. Um, and that gets you access to all of the games that are in the EA Vault. And currently the EA Vault consists of Peggle 2, Battlefield 4, Madden 25, which is like last year's Madden, 
and then FIFA 14 and then I guess whatever else they add to that afterwards. But currently those are the four games in the vault. They've said that once a game enters the vault, they will never remove it from the vault and they do intend to continue adding games to the vault going forward. Hmm. Um, that's kind of the major thing. So the additional pieces is that as a subscriber, you get 10% off of any content that you buy digitally for any EA games. So if you buy a digital copy of a game like Need for Speed or you go and buy DLC like um, Ultimate Team like for Madden or you know like a new car or something, uh, I would imagine that if you were to decide to purchase Dragon Age as a digital download, maybe you'd get 10% off of that as well as the, the content for that. Um, they've also announced that there will be some exclusive uh, offerings as a part of this program. So I think they said that for new release games, you will be able to download those games, whether or not you've pre-ordered them and play them up to five days ahead of time for, I think a maximum of two hours. Yeah. So, like a time lock demo kind yeah. of thing. But I th- it's like in you know it's like a demo, but I think you get to play the full game. The full game, yeah. But you can play it for two hours, so you know this might be appetizing to to our you know Bioware fans because this yeah. could this could mean that you could get your hands on Dragon Age five days early and play it for at least you know just a couple hours before it comes out, and I think that would be satisfying to. This is so weird though, from like a games journalism perspective, because mm-hmm. there's such such strict embargoes on most of these games, and a lot of times a game the embargo won't lift until yeah you know, the day the day of release or the day before release. So seeing that is weird because you're going to have well, all these people that just have you know blogs and stuff that will. I mean, like I don't know this to be. We're, we're assuming Dragon Age. This, this is this is controlled release kind of stuff. It's it's whatever yes. they feel like they can put out, and not all games are embargoed, as we well know. It, a yeah, lot of times, yeah. it's their bigger games or the ones that are terrible, which is always what it is. It's either it's either because <laughs> it's true. such a gigantic game that they don't care about the press and they know it's going to sell and it's an amazing game, or the game is so bad that they don't want the press to come out ahead of time saying that it's a terrible game. So, mm-hmm. but the but there's always that weird middle stock of games that are decent games that aren't going to be huge. That maybe they can put this out five days early and drive up like like a fuse, you know, that could come out and get a little bit of buzz before before uh, people start yeah, yeah. buying it. So yeah, and I don't and I don't know for sure that Dragon Age is going to be yeah, part of that yeah. program. But you know, if you think of it from a marketing standpoint, like if you spend the time to download the game and you play it for two hours, and then five days later they go. Hey, why don't you just buy this game? Oh, and you get ten percent off because you're one of our members. Like, that's kind of appetizing, right? To like yeah. to be able to do something like that. So, um, I signed up for it. I um, went to the vault. I I paid for the year because I thought that was a good deal. Like personally, I like to play sports games, and I I'd wanted to play FIFA and Madden, and I did not know either of those games. And I think that you know even now with those games being um, about a year old each. Like I still think one of those games would still cost you $30 to acquire. So for me, that was like a no brainer. And I think it's, you know, personally, I think that's a pretty good deal for sports games because those games are so timely, you know, like in a couple of months, a new Madden game is going to come out and I probably won't want to play the old one. Or, you know, I'm a casual fan of soccer. So like I could probably continue to play last year's FIFA for a couple of years. and I wouldn't even care, you know, because I don't care. I don't know the rosters. I don't know what's current or not current. I just want to play a soccer game, right? So right. Um, 
The only other thing I've heard about this program as far as the features is that they've recently announced, or I've, I've read somewhere that the demo for this year's Madden um, will only be available to subscribers of this program. And that's, that's got a little people like a little, you know, ruffled that -hmm. it's like the demo is now behind like a paywall, which for some people they're like, they're not cool with that. But you know, Madden comes out every year on the same day. I think it's like, uh, 20th, 21st? end of August. I, maybe this year's Madden comes out on the 26th or something. I don't 26th, know. yeah, I don't, yeah. But it's it's very close, and yeah. um, you know, I don't know if that's going to be the full game thing, but I think they said it was the demo, and so that's got some people upset. But um, I think in a nutshell, that's EA Access. Matt, you said you tried to do it. What happened? So my Xbox is hooked up to my old Hotmail account which is same with Skype and all that kind of stuff because Windows is Windows and you hook it up through their ecosystem. And I don't remember how it ended up not being on my Gmail that everything else is on, but it's on my Outlook account, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I fired up EA Access because I was like, oh, it was, this was like Thursday or Friday night. I was home. You know, um, it was like late. And I was like, oh, I'll get it set up. And like, you know, Scott and I can play some FIFA or something this weekend. Yeah. And uh, I fired it up and it said, Oh, hook up your uh, Origin account. Oh, yeah. I think this I links said, to Origin, too. That's said, the other thing no, I forgot. Yeah, it does link to Origin. Yeah. And I said, no problem. Put in my Origin name, which is the same as all my names, Matt History. Oh, we're sorry. This account can't be hooked up to this. Like, <laughs> what? what? Mm-hmm. That's weird. And so I go into the computer. I'm like, I must need to do something. I must need to do some kind of account maintenance. So I go and I log in. I realize Matt History is hooked up to my Gmail in Origin, which is where all of my origin history is. So like SimCity, everything that I've done in EA is hooked up to my Gmail account. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I bet the Xbox tried to hook up to my Hotmail account because that's what's signed up through my Xbox. So I go on, hook up Hot- Hotmail. I log in and it goes, oh, well, you need to initiate your origin account. You've never done that before. And I go, okay. So I start doing that like to get into it just to, just to see if what I can do because I'm like completely locked right now. So yeah. I get into it. And and it goes oh uh, oh no first it said if you want to hook up your Xbox go through Origin and add friends it's like a archaic system I have to click add friends and then I can click hook up to your Xbox and I did that and it told me oh you can't it's hooked up to a different account that's when I realized it was a Hotmail account so I signed in through Hotmail it's like an empty Origin account there's literally nothing in it which means it just like saw my Xbox and decided oh this is the Origin account oh and like and like blank hooked up an account that I didn't even want then. I go, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll just disassociate this account from my Xbox and then just, you know, let it orphan. Who cares, you know? Mm-hmm. So I click to disassociate the Xbox One. It lets me do that. I go back. I try to sign hook up, and it's like, nope, sorry, this account's hooked up to a different account. And I'm like, what? Oh. Your Xbox hooked up. So I go back and look again. It's hooked up to my 360 as well. <laughs> I'm not allowed to unhook it from my 360. It's It's like permanently hooked up to my 360 account for some reason. So I'm like, what the hell? So I go on forums, like their help forum, which was relatively helpful. And it's like, oh, if you've got two accounts and you're trying to do this, and it had a couple different solutions, and first two didn't work. Third one was delete your, the account you don't want. And I'm like, fine, delete it. I don't, I don't care. This is like a non-account to me, you know? Yeah. So I go to delete it, and it's like, well, the way you delete it is to go into chat with one of our helpers. Oh, boy. Like, okay, so I get into chat, you know, takes, which is... Relatively convenient. It takes about 10 minutes. Somebody gets on and 
you know, how can I help you? I'm like, well, I need to delete my account. I have two, and I want to hook up all my stuff to the other account that's active. I'm like, I have this new account that I don't even know what it is, and I just want to get rid of it. Oh, no problem. Let me help you out there. I'm like, okay. I spend like 10 minutes with this guy <laughs> telling him what the account is, you know, give him my, my secret question word and all that kind of stuff. It takes about 10, 15 minutes, and he goes, okay, well, I can't actually do anything for you, so I'm going to forward it to the account people that can't. And I'm like, Oh, Why God. is this a solution then? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So he's like, watch your email. And I'm like, well, how long does this generally take? Well, there's no way I can estimate how long it could take. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, is it like tonight or tomorrow? And he's like, there's no way for me to know, sir. And I'm wow. like, oh. okay. So it's been three days now. I've had zero contact from EA. I have an orphan account. I can't give them money and hook up my – I'm like, I'm just trying to pay you guys some money so I can use this thing and play <laughs> some games. Wow. And I'm like completely blocked from it. So I've been, I, I don't know what happened or how I got some weird account that never was my origin account in the first place, but it didn't ask me. It just asked for a username, which I think meant that it grabbed my use, my email from my, from my Xbox and said, yeah. Oh, this is his email. Let me try to set up an account for him. Cause so he doesn't have one. I guess what they, what you needed, what they needed to do was link your origin email to your Xbox email while the username is the same. The email addresses are different something like yes. that yeah that sounds very complicated but hopefully they can fix it for you it's just that my xbox doesn't use my gmail account so right but the they xbox should be able to know Hotmail that account, it said oh here's an account for your xbox <laughs> i mean that's i mean that they should be able to figure that out because yeah. like oh it's yeah, totally yeah. feasible they can. they can it's just that i didn't do that first before i turned on the ea access inside of the xbox oh i see so, so i think when they didn't see an problems. account they tried to help me by auto creating one Oh, because they looked at like your they looked at your Microsoft account email and they're like, "Oh, we don't see you have an Origin account with this email address." And you're like, yeah. "No, I don't. That's not yeah. what I want." Yeah, but there was never an option for like, "Do you have an Origin account?" <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, oh, if you have a separate stuff. Origin account, sign in now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess anyways, I got locked into like customer service hell and haven't been able to fire it up yet. But yeah. This is yeah. really making me want to sign up for this. Well, I mean, if it's already linked, then there's no problem. You know, yeah, like, I mean, like, if, I'm not even going to try. If your origin, but the problem also is that origin, like their website, doesn't do anything. You have to like download the origin client, go through the origin client to manage everything, and it just, it's very, it's very, very, uh, you know, I don't know. Awesome. It's very like it's it's as it, it would be as difficult as if the same kind of shit happened with an Xbox Live account or a PS4 account. Like they're just huge monolithic systems that don't understand. Like, oh my god, this guy has two emails. Like, how does this work? Like, it just blows up immediately. So it <laughs> seems like a very simple problem to solve. You know, like it seems like you could solve this problem with UI and just go like, well, hey, yeah, here's I mean, two columns, and this column is your Microsoft account, and this other column is your Origin account. Like, let's make sure we've got the right two things, or, and we'll link them or, up. Or God forbid, let me uh, delete or or at least like turn off an Origin account from the system. <laughs> like, yeah. why do I have to chat with somebody and then email somebody and then wait for like a phone call before I can just turn it off? I don't want the account. I have another account. Yeah, like that's the real issue. And you know, of course, I'm sure they're like, well, if you did that, you could leave. And you're like, well, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. So anyways, anyways, I'm sure it's a wonderful system. I'm actually still, even with this headache, I'm still excited to do it because, like you said, Scott, games like Madden, games like FIFA, um, you know, even if they put the hockey stuff out, like, I enjoy those games, but never, never, I'm not a Madden elite kind of guy. I'm not, like, 
throw $60 down and spend three months learning systems so that I can like almost legitimately play football through a, a video game system. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not like that. I'm more of a casual player, but you know, 30 bucks a year to, I mean, we live in like Netflix world now, right? Everything's a subscription. We yep. get, we get like nerd toys through the mail on subscription. We get v- movies, we get music, we get video games now. Like this is just how it is. So to me, I thought it was a, the price was completely reasonable and completely right. And uh, I'm cool with it. I thought it was a neat system. I was actually shocked that a company like EA put this out, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting idea. And I think for some games, if this is the future, like a subscription-based service, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. You know, and I know that, like, the four games in the vault might not be appetizing to a lot of people. Or maybe, like, if you're a hardcore EA fan, you will probably already own most of these games. But, like... I don't know. They're going to add is, stuff. I'm cool with it. Is it cloud gaming or are you no. downloading the game? No, no, no. You download them. Yeah. No. Actually, when I activated it, um, you know, like I have a disc-based copy of Battlefield 4, but, you know, it was already like whatever set up or installed to the hard right. drive or whatever it is when you put the disc in for Battlefield 4. Yeah. But when I signed up for EA Access, it now allows me to launch Battlefield 4 no disc. With, without a disc. Awesome. So nice. that's how easy it was. There was no download involved. It just knew like oh, hey, now you kind of, like, quasi-own this game digitally. Like, now you can play it. That's cool. Yeah, and it's all downloads. So you download Madden, you download FIFA, whatever, and, like, yeah. you, you play it. So it's literally just, like, here's our vault. You can download these games, play them as long as you're subscribed, and then all that other stuff that comes with it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's the same concept as, you know, Marvel Unlimited or whatever. Like, here's our back catalog. Mm-hmm. no one's buying this crap so let's just put it out and let people pay and play it if you want you know mm-hmm. i'm all right with it yeah so. i can i can certainly wait on sports games i mean i like i'm like i'm like you i like to play them but i'm not like hardcore so like if i have to wait nine months to play last year's madden that's fine with me awesome hey everyone we're <laughs> not going to review snowpiercer this week because other people are going to watch it and then we'll have more to talk about Hey, okay. how about you, the listener, goes and watches Snowpiercer this week if you'd like, and then we can have discussions virtually. <laughs> we'll all talk we'll about all it together. We'll discuss Snowpiercer. I'm excited about it, though. It's, I actually rented it um, when we were in California to watch on the way home, and I didn't get it downloaded to my iPad in time, so it's just sitting in my Amazon queue to watch. Ah. Uh, but I'm going to watch it. Okay, so we're pushing Snowpiercer to next week, so look out for that. Cool. Watch well, it if you'd like. Let's take a moment and come back with the question of the week. Sweet. This is Commander Shepard. You're listening to the Rated NA Podcast. And this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. All right, we are back with our question of the week. And I wanted to ask you guys about what games uh, are the most appealing to you to play with groups. So I said, what's the best game you ever played with your friends and tabletop counts? And we got, of course, a lot of awesome responses this week from you guys. So thank you. Uh, The first one is from Omar, who is at Elite Mad Skills on Twitter. And Omar says, uh, My favorite is Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Surviving the final round with everyone makes it priceless. Mm-hmm. I fucking miss the hell out of Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. That was so much fun. I do too. We should play it sometime. We should. We should just revive it. just for Even if it's for a short time, we should start playing it again. 
I agree. I'll tell you what, not surviving to the final round also makes it priceless. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fun whether you win or lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Dollarhide at Kate D says, The best times I've ever had were with games that make me want to strangle people. I love Mario Kart, Monopoly, <laughs> and Towerfall. Monopoly <laughs> is a friendship destroyer. Yes, it, it is. is. It is literally the thing you play if you no longer want to see the people that you're about to play Monopoly with because you're going to hate each other by the end of it. Yeah, yeah we have some stories. It's a brutally long game. Like, it, it takes forever. It's like not as long as Risk, but you're even more mean to the people you like in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seems so unnecessary. <laughs> um, Justin at Gigawatt Conduit says... Mass Effect 3, surprisingly fun and a nice diverse set of characters. Could use some mission variety, though. I, I prefer the Horde mode. I don't. I mean, I guess they try to add some of those uh, you know, objectives in the later builds of the game, but I still, I still like it. We need to play it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chris Jenkins at Cloglip says, Catchphrase, passing mm-hmm. around the little ticking time bomb is fun. I also love it when it shows up on Jimmy Fallon. I've actually never seen that on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you haven't? It's pretty good. No. Yeah, when he plays games, it's always pretty fun. Oh, Hillary. Oh, my goodness. Our buddy Hillary. Welcome back. Oh, no. Uh, Hi, Hillary. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to put a Hillary drop in there? Oh, yeah. We're going to have to go to the Hillary soundboard for this. (laughs) (laughs) I would just like to say. Of course, besides Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, the board game Nightmare. I like it. We did we rebuy this at or we I say we did you rebuy this on eBay so that we could all play at your house one night? I have Who bought it. it. I got it. I got it at the um the Park Ave garage sale thing. Oh yeah, a brand new box of Nightmare, but it's on VHS. And I don't have a VHS player. <laughs> we played it though, didn't we? At your house was it Jenna's? A long or time ago, we played Jenna's copy. Yeah, yeah. Nightmare. Best, best board game ever. Love it. So great. And then she hashtagged it. Yes, my gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, do you have an answer to this question? Uh, I want to say I loved Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, but I really, really loved uh, Gears Horde mode, doing it from beginning to end. Mm. Uh, Gears 3 specifically. I I remember staying up with like a bunch of people just late doing all the waves of Horde and having it just be insanely epic near the end of it. So I want to say like some of my gaming experience is that, but also... I'm going to go back to the olden days, uh, back when I used to run Molten Core with my guild, mm. <laughs> uh, commanding 40 strangers to like run through a dungeon was fucking pretty incredible and super sweaty and a lot of fun. And I actually really miss raiding and, and MMOs <laughs> back when I had so much time. But yeah, those are my answers. Sweet. We, we right. need to start like a gaming guild somehow. I don't know like what game would support that at this point, but it would I be know. nice to have that. Be cool. Uh, Laura, with an exclamation point at the end, says, "Mass Effect Three MP for sure. So many great nights with friends. I concur. Do you guys remember a long time ago we actually did like we tried to organize a Mass Effect Three multiplayer night? We didn't try to. We successfully organized a Mass Effect Three. Yeah, we successfully did it back when there were not tools that really allowed that to yeah. work well." You know, yeah, I remember having our, like, the laptop open and like checklists, yeah. and it was nuts. I still have friends on my Xbox Live because of it that that we gained through uh, through Mass Effect multiplayer. Yeah, Didn't Patrick fun. play too with us? Yeah, I think Patrick did, and uh, Mike Gamble was there for a while. Yeah. It was awesome. It was really cool. 
it was just like insane because back on the 360 days, I think you could only have Xbox parties of what, like eight people, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then we had four people in a group, and we all ended up going to different groups, and we had yeah. like people from P2R were helping on, us. Yeah, yeah. Nate came on and managed a group, and we, I managed a group, you managed a group, Ash managed a group, and then we were just like running, cycling people through, and everybody had a blast from what I remember. Everybody had a really good time. But. Yeah, I had uh, I had Natalie in my. She was like my yeah. uh, my XO of my group, and it was really great. It was a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, next is <clears throat> excuse me, Aaron Devella, who's Aaron Devella on Twitter. And Aaron Devella says, Beyond Balderdash, it was a game where the instructions that said wait for the laughter to die down, and that was right. <laughs> I've never played Balderdash, Ryan, Beyond Balderdash. Ryan Clark is dying to get us to play Balderdash, like, here. He's, he's like, dying for us to do it. Because I said, I said, oh, I should get Ryan to play Cards Against Humanity, because he'd be very good at it, very funny. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, we gotta play Balderdash first. I'll play Cards Against Humanity once you play Balderdash. He, like, huh. wow. legitimately loves the game, so... That's that's uh we're off to try it. I still haven't either. It's like a, one of those old games I've just never played. Maybe Matt, what is your what is your answer? Weeks. Uh, I have, I have a. Did you say you're going to be? Oh, when I'm in town in Florida, yeah, when you're in town. I thought you meant up here. Uh, I have a few. If that's okay, that yeah, go for, for different it. reasons. My my nostalgia one has to be. Uh, at the first was called Jihad and then turned into, once that turned into a non-word you should use. Yeah. Uh, turned into, was Vampire the Masquerade the card game or the tabletop? I think Vampire the Eternal Struggle the is Eternal the card Struggle. game. The Masquerade yeah. was the pen and paper. Scott and myself and our friends Adam and Andrew owned, I think, all of the cards for this card game and played basically nightly just about for years. We were <laughs> nerds and didn't go out on weekends and we just sat around with each other and played these card games but uh and watch anime we'd rent anime from the video rent, store yeah or or like or bad horror movies when i when i started working at that video store we used to get bad horror movies and anime we'd put them on and just marathon those and play card games like all night long and that's probably i think like my nostalgia one is is definitely that because we mm. just endless playing and fun too i mean we really did enjoy it we really did have a good time just screwing each other over essentially yeah. hours on end <laughs> um and then uh more recently, definitely digitally, probably Mass Effect multiplayer. Uh, just so good and so much fun. And like one of the few multiplayer games that that I get on and play because I don't always play multiplayer. I like playing co-op, but I don't always do it. And uh, really good. And then I have to say D&D. It's just... Mm. Yeah, D&D is pretty mm-hmm. good. Like, you know, small group, large group, it really doesn't even matter. It's just a really great time telling a story and watching your friends take that story and make it into something else entirely and like not ever knowing like the best part about it is that you'd think that the dm would know what's going to happen and the dm absolutely has no idea what's going to happen because the players don't know what's going to happen so everybody like together forms this story that moves on its own and it's really kind of amazing to me remember when i lit that guy on on fire and threw him off the airship I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when I lit myself on fire and beheaded a dude in the middle of a camp? Yeah, that was great. See? <laughs> D&D, guys. Life is on fire. It's all about immolation. It's so good, though. I mean, it's that, I think that's probably... My, those are my three answers. Uh, nice. Nostalgia, digital, and, and, and forever will be D- D&D. Uh, Justin D. at Justin says, The best game to play with friends was categories, making up words and challenging them. That's Gold a good one. Categories. Um, Justin at Gigawatt Conduit has another answer. Borderlands 2 got back into it again with some friends. Swearing, screaming, and several duels have been made. Still fun. Yeah, yeah I could go with that great, too. That's a great multiplayer game. I've played that with a lot of different groups. I played it with like 
Bethany and Allegra with you guys. I played it with my wife all the way through. I played it with my buddy Derek. So that's fun to – it doesn't actually get old going through a lot of those old maps and stuff because there's so much variety. So that's a great, great multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Red Parrot, who is at Red Parrots on Twitter, which is an awesome name. <laughs> and her picture is a Red Parrot. It says, Pictionary, 25 years later, and we still refer to that one epic night. That's really <laughs> funny because I, I tweeted back at her. And there was a time when I played uh, – when I first started dating my wife, like literally the first like two months, she went on vacation with my family and I, which was a huge risk because my family's <laughs> fucking crazy. And we played um, – we played uh, not Pictionary, but we played Charades. And my family still talks about night playing Charades because everyone got so ridiculous and just <laughs> got so insane that we were just like rolling on the ground laughing like the entire evening. So simple old games like that can be kind of priceless, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Josh P. Greenberg at Josh P. Greenberg said uh, Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey on N64. I don't know that you could just throw that out there without any explanation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But I guess you you know you, you won on one that game right or was it four player? Was that I one have no idea. Four games. Yeah, I mean, it in theory it could have been four players, but like yeah. I need a little more, like because that's a very specific answer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember in those old hockey games when you play multiplayer that it was possible to just be off screen and be a marker? Yes. Off-screen? I do remember that. <laughs> the system was like, I don't know what to do with this information. Just He's down and to the left. Just <laughs> fuck it. Somewhere over there. Uh, Scott, what's your answer? You Well, what do you think my answer is? That's, that's the uh, real I question. I was going to guess Space Team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Space uh-huh. Team's pretty good. I was going to say that. Okay, so I do have a couple. Okay. Um, yes, one is Space Team. And I think it's just because um, it was. I think it was largely introduced to me the night that we hung out in the lobby of our hotel yeah. at PAX East with, uh, with Mylan and, uh, Mylan's friend and the P2R crew. And, uh, we played space team and it blew my mind. And I've since taken that game and I've played it with like people that aren't gamers. I've played it with my wife's family. Like I've taken it to the coffee shop I hang out at and I've played it there and people like it. Um, it's just impressive that you can take something like that, you know, because the mobile platform is, is known so much for the digital, game experience that you could take a game that sort of has a real world face-to-face component. I think that that's really special. Yeah. Um, I would also add to our, uh, middle school, high school gaming crew, uh, twisted metal two. Oh yeah. Remember oh, we man. would stay up and kind of like, it Forever. wasn't even like multiplayer. We would just do like two player co-op through the campaign, but there were four of us. So we would just trade the controllers off, like take yeah. turns yeah. trying to get through that game. And like, you know, they had that, that one vehicle that was the hearse. So, like, I remember yeah. I would play as the hearse that shot the shadows out that were, like, kind of, like... Uh, like, like, you can explode them, yeah. Yeah, you explode them, the bombs, and then, like, our buddy yeah. Adam would always play as the guy on the motorcycle who was kind of, like, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Grimm. Yeah, Mr. Grimm, yeah, see? <laughs> Didn't Twisted I always play as the guy with two gigantic wheels on either side of his arms Axel. that he roll around? Yeah, Axel. could jump. <laughs> Why do see? I remember all their names? I yeah. don't know. I love that game. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. So, like, while it wasn't necessarily, like, we we co-opted it, like, in the game, but it was more like that was our social friend experience yeah. was to play that game together to get through it. And I think that was really cool. Um, and then maybe to that I would also add, uh, what was the game where you had to get somebody to say the word, but you couldn't, like, say certain words taboo? 
Oh, taboo. man, that game drives me fucking crazy. I can't play it. <laughs> yeah, but see, like with Taboo, when you get people together that have known each other for so long, yeah. you can just say things like, hey, you remember that one time we were outside? And it's like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, watermelon. It's like, I'm a yes. famous president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that? Didn't I play that with you guys and that happened? Uh, it was Scott, Adam, and I were on a team, and we told everybody, we told everybody don't put us on a team. Like, this isn't going to be fun. Everybody's like, no, no, it's fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I think I literally stood up and said, I'm a famous president. And Scott just went, Ronald Reagan. And we just moved on. <laughs> it was like the weirdest like, 47 <laughs> choices. And we nailed on the first one. Because uh, you, you could say nothing. Like it's so, yeah. it's so easy to play those games when you, when you have people on your team that you know so well. So it's yeah. like, Well, dude, I think when you have a, a massive experiences that don't have anything to do with the words that that person or thing is related to, you can like talk around it completely. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's a fun game to play too. It was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's my answer is, uh, I almost wanted to say cranium just to see Ash like crawl. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about our cranium. Our cranium. Now, used to play play go out and I want you to sculpt the puppy. <laughs> what the fuck is this game? <laughs> oh, man. My God. oh boy. Um, I, I think we've, I don't think that's in the list, but I'm just going to bring something up to you guys. Cause I, I, I don't think we've mentioned it. But what about the rock band parties that we would have at Ash's oh, house? Oh yeah, rock oh, those were fun, man. Yeah, I miss that. that was I did a couple. We did a couple of rock band parties at my house. Rock band, dance central, those kinds of things. They're like, great. Those are great. Yeah, it's the best. Okay, Har- so let's continue. Harmonics made parties easy. Definitely. Yeah. What about Mario Party way back in the day? Oh, Mario Party. Yeah, because you could really screw fun. people over in that game. Good times. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So Cliffy Joel. Um, says Splinter Cell Blacklist. Taking out groups of enemies without them knowing until it's too late is the best feeling. I don't. I didn't play that game in co-op, but I think Matt and I played the previous one in co-op. Yeah. Did we not? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We also and, did that mission where I shot you in the face. Oh god. Oh yes. That, <laughs> yeah. You play through the whole game in co-op, and then at the end, like they're like, "Fuck your friend over." Yeah. The two of you turn on each other, and Matt is so I, much better I, at stealth games. I literally than I like went to a different spot and just hid, like hanging from the ceiling, waiting for you to walk. Yeah. Past. <laughs> it took like five great. seconds oh, for you to kill me it was just like oh pop up from behind the cover you're dead <laughs> end of game it's good times yeah that's a great game to play in co-op is splinter um Slam. ooh, a new one uh, alicia renee kelly who is at arc evil on twitter says probably mass effect 3 multiplayer and the ring of death drinking <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's uh michael cole's like pit of death that he created the um the, what what was that one level called where you could actually you could solo it because you could hide in that bunker down below. You oh, um, oh, uh, Fort Kickass. Fort yeah. Kickass. Yeah, I'm assuming that she's talking about Fort Kickass. Well, I think the Ring of Death drinking is a drinking game. That I think it deals with Fort Kickass. I oh, think so. Okay, I got you. I'm, I got I'm you. not 100 percent sure, sure, but I think so. Maybe that's like True American or something. <laughs> <laughs> true American. <laughs> yeah. We have to like try attempt to play it. There's rule sets online. People have tried to figure out the rules to True American. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good. Uh, so Alexander Jens at Alex LG88 says uh, Super Smash Brothers on the N64. Yeah. I remember that. that, was, that was was fun. We played some Smash Bros. Is it out? When's it come out for the new system? Soon, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're releasing one for 3DS and one for Wii U, and they're going to be like slightly different from one another somehow. Mm. Um, my wife has some memories of us just sitting around and playing Smash Bros all the time. That she reminds she me does. of. <laughs> reminds me of that constantly. That that's what we did when we first started hanging out. So, uh, hey, yeah. Anyways, uh, Sky. House. Huh? 
It was at the house. Yeah, back at the old house, the party house. Hey, you know, you guys, we've got the wood planning on the walls here. You know, it's great. You can order some pizza and have some goals over, you know. We literally had Carl from the uh, from the uh, Aqua Team, Aqua Hunger, Team Force. Hunger Force as a landlord for yeah. uh, for a while. It was pretty great. Yeah, amazing. Showed you guys up in the sweatpants. Have some girls over here. You can have girls over if you want. You know, like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <We're adults>. Yeah, <laughs> wood paneling. The girls love the wood paneling from the seventies. You know. Hold right. on, I'm gonna come put a patio in for you guys. Okay, I'm gonna put a patio in. You can have parties outside. Yeah, we move in day one. The next day, six o'clock in the morning, he's installing a patio in our in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, uh, Sky at Sky fifty nine six fifty says X Wing miniatures. That is so much fun. I have heard many times that this game is amazingly fun, and from random sets of friends yeah. that are like super nerdy, not super nerdy, like all over the map, and mm-hmm. everybody loves yeah. this game. I also heard it takes for fucking ever to play. It's like oh, risk. really? I heard it's one of those long, like, three or four hour deals. I stayed away from it because I was afraid of the DLC, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the end. The, uh, what is buying it? things forever. Well, I guess it wouldn't be DLC. It'd be, like, PLC, right? PLC, yeah. Physical. <laughs> oh, I guess it's just the PC. Anyways. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. forget it. Let's keep figuring this out. It, it would be P... <laughs> <laughs> Physical. Hey, hey, guys. Hey. We actually got something in the mailbag. Mailbag. <laughs> Nice. And we got something from Robert Freemring. He wrote a little email. It says, playing with friends in the same room would have to be Mario Party. I think I mentioned we had drinking rules for that before. Online with, friend- with friends would be SOCOM back in the PS2 days. Yeah. SOCOM was my life. Regular days we'd play and certain server on certain servers too. I flew to Texas and stayed with clan members for two weeks. First time meeting them in real life. Great times. That is awesome. It is really cool when that happens. I had that happen to me with Ultima Online, and it was, like, the worst experience of my entire life. Really? I, I had people come from, like, that were in my Ultima Online guild back when I ran one of those. Mm-hmm. And they stayed with me for about five days. And I don't think um, I don't think we were ever meant to meet in person. Let's just leave it at oh. that. <laughs> you had a WoW guild, too. Did you ever meet anyone from the WoW guild? I, yeah, I met a lot of people from the WoW guild. They were all super cool. I'm actually in touch with a lot of those. I had people, actually, from all over the place in my WoW guild, like, Romania and stuff like that. Wow. They were all great people. So it's so cool. That's yeah, it was really a lot great. of fun. Games bring people together, you guys. Yes. Everybody, sure guys and gals, everyone. Oh, that was a good episode, guys. Lots yeah. of news. Lots Fantastic. Of so uh, thanks for listening to episode 166 of the Rated NA podcast. We're gearing up for PAX. And it's two we'll weeks away, you guys. It's kind of crazy. And we're going to be doing a lot of stuff for PAX Prime. Um, you guys can email us directly like Robert Freemaring did, and that is Matt, Scott, and Ash at nerdappropriate.com. Send us whatever you want. Uh, follow us on Twitter, and that is at nerdappropriate, and uh, send us you know answers to our question of the week or whatever you want on Twitter, and we will generally reply to you. And we have a Facebook page, and that is slash nerdappropriate on Facebook, and you can find us there. And uh, anything else you guys want to – anything? Mm, I, I have a Twitter that I've, I've made oh? public. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's public Twitter. Yeah, I have a public Twitter now. It's at retrolog, spelled the British way. Logue, um, retrolog. Logue. So I don't. I tweet about things occasionally. So if uh, yeah, if that's something that's interesting. Follow to... retrolog, which is Scott. Sure. Oh, yeah, one last thing. Uh, big congrats to uh, Reset Transmission for reaching 150 episodes. It's a fun podcast. If you're not listening to Reset Transmission, check them out. So. Congrats to everyone on that show. 150 is not easy to do. It is not easy. Oh, no. it is not. It's not. Hooray! Being diseasy. 
Hooray. Later, guys. See ya. Bye, everyone. Oh, I turned 34. Happy birthday, me. Happy birthday to Max. (laughs) I think I texted you at like 5 in the morning. Oh, my God. Out of love. (laughs) And I responded and said, some of us silence our phones while we're sleeping. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd feel my morning pain. Ugh.